The Beacon, celebrating when God uses the unexpected to do the unexplainable. Hey, well, greetings and welcome to The Beacon. My name is Steve Woods. I serve as your host, together with my co-host and treasured friend, Jeff Blake, representing our sponsor, Phoenix Christian Preparatory School. Jeff, good morning to you. Good morning, Steve. I'm really looking forward to this morning's show. I had a chance to talk a little bit with our guest last week and still reflecting on that conversation. Well, we're we're incredibly excited about it, but before we get into that, I think we need to acknowledge that our program is recorded in advance of the airtime that happens on 960 The Patriot. We're proud to be on The Patriot on Sunday mornings, but uh, because we're recording a couple days in advance and we're actually recording today on a very special day, and that's uh, that's Jeff Blake's birthday. So happy birthday. Thank you, Steve, very much. <laughs> I guess it's- we should be congratulating your mom. And your parents, but uh... <laughs> hey, No doubt, no doubt. Mom, hey, mom, if you're listening, she's exactly 30 years older than me. So um, that's how I keep track of her age, too. And her birthday's not too far away. Well, then, in light of knowing that differential, we're not going to ask you how old you are in deference to your mom, but at least we know that both our moms listen to the program. We have a couple of really loyal listeners, right? We do. That's one of the greatest (laughs) gifts, gift of encouragement and gift of listening. Well, I tell you, on behalf of all of us who have the chance to do a little bit of life with you, Jeff, we're thankful for you. We're thankful to celebrate you today, and we hope you have a great birthday. But today on our program, we have a guest that we're really excited about and uh, just really looking forward to spending time together, getting to know him, and uh, and hopefully having our listeners uh, just have the chance to see his heart and to uh, come away with something that hopefully will make a difference for them, even for the sake of eternity. So uh, without any further delay, I want to introduce everybody to Eddie McLaughlin. Eddie, thank you for being on the program today. We're so grateful to have you. Well, praise God, guys. Thank you so much for the invitation uh, to the show, and uh, happy birthday, Jeff, and uh, just a great privilege for me to be here today and, and share my testimony with the Lord Jesus Christ has done in my heart and my life. And uh, I was born back East in New York in the 1960s. It was a great time to be a kid. Uh, Motown and the Beatles. Uh, my parents had a standing rule in the summertime, you know, be home uh, when the streetlights uh, come on. I grew up in a typical Irish Catholic, uh, Ro- uh, Roman Catholic, Irish family. And um, my father was a very successful businessman. And unfortunately, in our family life, although everything looked picture perfect on the outside, uh, my father struggled with alcohol and introduced Mm -hmm. alcohol into the family at a very early age. And um, the scriptures are very, very clear and teach that all of us have sinned uh, and fall short of the glory of God. You know, um, this tendency to go my own way. Isaiah says, all we like sheep uh, have gone astray. Uh, Each one of us has turned to his own way. And yet the Lord has laid on him, Jesus, uh, the, the inequity of us all. So my own way of making life work was rebelling, you know, rebelling against God, um, rebelling against people in authority, uh, school teachers, uh, law enforcement, and uh, basically society. And my family moved out here to Arizona. I was 12 years old and I began uh, running away from home. And I was looking for love and purpose and meaning in the drug culture of the late 1960s and early 70s. And as a result of running away from home, I began to come in contact with the law enforcement authorities here in the state of Arizona and also in the state of California. 
And I was in and out of institutions. I was in and out of juvenile institutions. I was in um, court-ordered programs. I found myself in a mental health program and just in constant trouble as a young uh, teenager and young adult. And at the age of uh, 20 in the city of Scottsdale, I was arrested for a very serious felony. Uh, so arrested for the crimes of first degree murder and armed robbery. And I found myself incarcerated in the Maricopa County Jail. Uh, during that time, um, I was represented by a very famous trial attorney by the name of John J. Flynn, a local attorney. He was an attorney that argued the Miranda decision. And uh, John would confront me with my crime and he'd say, Eddie, you've taken a man's life. You need to examine your heart and see uh, why that happened. Also, during that time, there was a man by the name of John Greer Nelson, member of Tri-City Baptist Church, and he had a jail ministry and he would walk the jail cell blocks every Tuesday and every Thursday with a Schofield Bible. And um, John was a big Marine, highly decorated in the Vietnam War, big Swede, uh, short, uh, blonde crew cut, wire rim glasses, 250 pounds. And he would come by my cell front every Tuesday and every Thursday with an attempt to share the love of Christ with me. And uh, at that point in my life, I didn't trust anybody. I was a hardened young man, hardened in my sins. And there were times when John would come to share the gospel with me, and I wouldn't even acknowledge his presence in front of myself. And yet he was persistent in sharing the love of Christ with me. And I grew up, I mean, I had a religion. I think I was religiously lost, like a lot of people. I mean, I had a head knowledge of God. I had heard about God the Father. I knew who the Virgin Mary was. I knew the Stations of the Cross. I knew all of those things. And finally, one day, um, after hearing the gospel in power and conviction, I realized that I was sinning against a holy and a righteous God who would call me into judgment for my sins, especially for my crimes. And I realized that Jesus Christ was God and that he was alive from the dead. And the Bible says, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So here I am, I'm in the Madison Street Jail, and I get down on my knees in my cell, and I cry out to God, and he gloriously saves me and changes my heart and my life. And even the jail personnel were like, hey, what happened to this guy? Um, the, the change in my behavior was amazing. I was writing scriptures on the wall. I was learning scriptures. I was shouting through the vents in the jail. Anybody that would listen what had happened to me, I was going through the trial process and I was found guilty of the crimes of first degree murder and armed robbery. And at the age of 22, I was sentenced to die in the gas chamber at the Arizona state prison system. So I immediately go, they immediately take me uh, from the Madison street jail down to death row. And, um, I was a young believer on death row. I was growing uh, in my faith. I was excited about my faith. I was reaching out, writing letters, telling anybody that would listen about the change that had taken place in my heart. I went on to spend two and a half years on death row. My convictions were overturned by the Arizona State Supreme Court and the DPS Fugitive Task Force had taken me back down to Maricopa County for a second trial. And I remember purposing in my heart as a young Christian man, I had told my parents, I said, mom and dad, I am guilty of my crimes. I need to accept responsibility for what I did. And I'm going to go into the judge's chambers and plead guilty today. I was ringed by sheriff's deputies. Um, my mom was in tears in the courtroom. She said, no, Eddie, you have won a new trial. Uh, you've been in prison for five years. We want you to come home at this point. 
And um, I went into the judge's chambers and I, I told the judge, I went in front of Judge Philip Mark Ward. And I remember the judge telling me, Mr. McLaughlin, my hands are tied by statute. I have to sentence you to serve 25 years to life in the Arizona state prison system. So here I go back down uh, into the prison system a second time. And the enemy was on me. You know, all these thoughts came flooding into my mind. Your parents are going to die while you're in prison. Life is, you know, it is over. Um, you're going to die in prison, a broken, lonely, forgotten old man. And I'm, I'm a wrestler with God. I, I, I just continue to cry out to God. And I'm like Jacob of old. And I'm like, Lord Jesus, I'm not going to let you go uh, unless you bless me. <laughs> and I'm wrestling with God. I'm going through this period in my life. And as a young man, um, I walk back down into the prison a second time. But this time, uh, the I, I wasn't facing the death penalty. And I go into the central unit of, of the Arizona State Prison in Florence. And one of the first places I went to was the chapel. I got down on my knees before God and just cried out to God. I was so grateful that the Lord had spared my life. I went on to serve 25 years uh, in the Arizona State Prison and uh, was released in 2003. And it's just been an incredible journey. And God has just been so loving and merciful to me and just so gracious. And I don't understand, you know, I don't understand the mystery of grace. Uh, 20 of the men have been executed that I was on death row with. And I just don't understand why uh, God in his grace would love me and would send the Lord Jesus Christ to die on the cross for my sins. And how, even though the gravity of my sin and the heinous nature of my crimes, that yet God had mercy upon me and, and chose to provide salvation for me in Christ. And that's my hope that people would come to know the Lord Jesus Christ. God is able to for, forgive great sin. If you look throughout the Bible, great sinners have found forgiveness in the Lord Jesus Christ. And um, it's just been an incredible journey after spending 25 years in the penalty box on the backside of the desert in the prison system. I came out of prison with basically nothing. And um, home was not a good place for me to go. My father lived up in Scottsdale in a very nice home. He was separated from my mother. My mother lived with an ex-offender and my brothers were on drugs. So I basically had nowhere to go uh, coming out of prison. And um, I walked out of prison with basically nothing and uh, transitioned out through a transitional ministry and went to live there in the transitional ministry and uh, lived and worked there for two years. And I eventually met my wife, Paula, and uh, we started dating, and five months later, we were married. Started dating at her church, Palmcroft Baptist Church is where we started dating at, Conservative Baptist Church. My wife is just a, a tremendous blessing. Uh, never been in trouble a day in her life. Grew up in the church. And then God uh, blessed me with two children. I have my son, AJ, is 12 and a half. My daughter, Elizabeth Grace, just turned 11 on the 22nd so of this month. So it's been an incredible journey. I'm just so grateful uh, to the Lord for what he has done in, in my heart and my life. I'm very active in prison ministry. Um, just love the Lord. Um, I've been going back into the prisons with prison fellowship. I've done jail ministry in the past. And um, it's just been a great, great journey for me. Uh, my heart beats the gospel. If anybody's listening today, I would urge you to put your trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, that you would just call upon the name of the Lord and be saved. <laughs> but that's just my heart's desire for people. So I'm just grateful uh, to be where I'm at today.
Well, Eddie, um, it's tough to listen to your story and know how to respond because uh, it's really remarkable and it's it's uh, quite candidly sort of difficult for us to imagine. You know, when we think about uh, the the path that you walked in, and and I would tell you that those that listen to our program know that we celebrate here on the Beacon ways in which God uses the unexpected to do the unexplainable, and so your story is a graphic example of. Uh, you know, the, the path that God put you on or allowed you to be on and then saved you from uh, is remarkable. When we come back in this next segment, we're going to ask Eddie some specific questions about that transition and that incredible change that he experienced through the love of Jesus Christ. Thank you for tuning into The Beacon, sponsored by Phoenix Christian. We're so glad you're listening today. The Beacon is presented by Phoenix Christian, a school celebrating excellence in education since 1949. Learn more at phoenixchristian.org. Hey, well, we want to welcome you back to The Beacon. Boy, you've turned into a great episode today, and we have as our guest Eddie McLaughlin. Eddie, thank you again for being with us. Uh, It's just so nice to have you on the program. We appreciate you. Thanks, guys. It's just a privilege to be here this morning. Great to be back with you today. Yeah, and if uh, if you've been listening, you heard uh, this incredible story, uh, Eddie's testimony, and and basically a, uh, a summary of of his life story in our first segment. And um, Eddie, you know, I I think it's probably important. Like, I couldn't pretend it would be dishonest to pretend to be able to imagine, uh, you know, what your life was like. What, for for instance, when you were spared from the the death penalty, but you went back for a 25-year sentence, all of the discouragement and the doubt that you referred to that the enemy would want to attack you with, just that that whole process and and then and then living it out and and so forth, it's just uh, it's hard to mention. However, like we talked about off air, you know, all of us, um and, and the the scripture that you quoted, I mean, there's there's nobody that's qualified. Everybody has sin in our life, and all of us are in need of a transformational experience with the God of the universe through his son, Jesus Christ. And and that's the good news, that we all have that need, but that need can be met by Christ, right? Well, and that is true. And, you know, when you talk about sin, it's not just the the, the physical acts of sin. You know, the right. Apostle Paul makes it clear, and throughout Scripture, we're all under sin. And what, and what Paul means by saying that is that we're under the bondage of sin. We're under that spiritual bondage of sin. And as difficult as prison was, as difficult and as hard as 25 years of, of bondage, physical bondage, the worst bondage in my life would be the spiritual bondage, the bondage of sin. And none of us Uh, No matter how good our deeds are, none of us can break free of that bondage. And that's why God the Father sent the Lord Jesus Christ into the world. He died for our sins on the cross. He died for the sins of the world on the cross, but he also died and was buried and risen again as Easter is approaching to break the power of sin in our lives. And that's what I needed to be set free from. I needed to be set free from a sinful heart but I also needed to be set free uh, from the power 
of sin uh, to be liberated in my life. So, so when you were when you first came to Christ and uh, and were were shouting the, about the change through the vents in the in the prison <laughs> and and the guards noticed a change. Nobody knows a change that occurs in in somebody more than that person themselves first, right? Like we know that we're having thoughts that we can't author, that we didn't have before. We know that uh, that freedom that comes in Christ Jesus, the mystery of being set free, uh, when we experience that firsthand, it makes a difference. It makes a difference in our perspective, but it makes a difference also in, in how we live out our lives. Well, I think the uh, for me, I think the big thing for me was calling upon the name of the Lord in the jail cell and tears streaming down my face and just the, the power of the Holy Spirit applying the blood of Christ to my life and just the burden of sin and just being lifted up off of me. You know, forgiveness of sin is a, like a lifting up, a lifting off of that burden, you know, so for me to be unburdened with that and, um, I was just so excited about meeting Christ. I mean, it was just a very real encounter with Jesus Christ. And, and, and that was the key for me. I was just so excited about that because before that I was religious, but I was religiously lost like a lot of people today. And I, I meet a lot of people in the prison system grew up um, on the farm, you know, grew up in different areas of the country and stuff like that and grew up religious, but did not know Christ until um, they found themselves in a difficult situation in the prison and came to hear the gospel and came to have that living, vibrant relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, if that makes sense. You know, I've got a pastor friend who says, you know, being a, attending a church, being in a Christian family, going to a Christian school doesn't make me a Christian any more than sitting in my garage makes me a car. <laughs> so sometimes I wonder if, you know, we have a familiarity, we've heard the gospel, but there's a difference between, like you said, being religiously lost and having an, a personal experience and encounter with Jesus Christ. Amen. And definitely, definitely about that, that encounter, you know. So, so since 2003, when you came out and, and here I am and I, I need a place and I, and I, I just don't, I'm, I'm, I'm empty. It's a, it's a, it's a standing start right in 2003. So since that time, how has God used your availability and in what ways do you find yourself uh, you know, useful to him. I mean, it's exciting to hear about your family and the ministry that you have to your wife and to your kids. But I know you're also uh, engaged and involved in a, a variety of ways to share the gospel, your, your heartbeat. It's amazing. I, um, I've been out of prison 18 years, and that's been incredible. And several years ago, I met Nathan Hale. He's the Arizona Director of Prison Fellowship. And Nathan and I had lunch together, and he said, hey, Eddie, um, let's, uh, what, what do you want to do? And I said, I'm an evangelist at heart. I'd love to be able to get back into the prison system and do ministry. Um, 2019, I was in 13 different Arizona prisons and I spoke to 300 men a week on average here in Arizona. Um, I gotta confess, the, I didn't know there were 13 different Arizona prisons. Like that's, oh yeah. that's oh, amazing. Oh yeah. So that was been a great blessing for me, uh, for Nathan and prison fellowship to provide that opportunity for me to go back into prison. And uh, one of the prisons that we went back into was SMU-1. And SMU-1 is one of the highest levels of security here in the state of Arizona. And um, it's like a concrete tomb. Uh, mm -hmm. These men have been in this building for decades. There's no outside windows. And um, we had an opportunity uh, to go in and do ministry in there. 
and they brought up to 20 people at a time out. There were two officers there uh, with the face shields on and the flak jackets on, and uh, they got to hear the gospel as well. But we literally had men that literally had, after hearing the gospel message, we had men that literally broke down and just started weeping and crying, and they just could not believe that we would come in there uh, consistently uh, with an attempt to share the love of Christ with them and share the gospel with them. So that's been a great blessing for me uh, to be able to go back into the prison system to share uh, my testimony and then to share the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm very active in aftercare ministry as well. I love to do transitional ministry as well. It's my heart's desire to help uh, men and women that are transitioning out of prison as well. There's really no substitute for being able to sit with somebody like that and say, look, you know what? I I think I know how you feel. And I, I felt the same way, you know, when I came out and let, let me tell you what I've, what I've learned and what I found. And with that platform and with the credibility that comes with, you know, again, the story that got authored uh, in your life uh, it's a, it's a great platform that that's others won't have. Yeah. And we need to, and I I like educating churches as well, because, you know, think of the apostle Paul, Saul of Tarsus, uh when he gets saved, think of Saul of Tarsus when he gets saved and he's going to the apostles and saying, Hey, I, I met the Lord Jesus Christ on the road to Damascus and they were fearful of him. And if it wasn't for uh, Barnabas, maybe making those introductions or somebody making those introductions for him, into the apostolic circle, <laughs> he wouldn't have been very well accepted, but it's like that with our local churches too. Sure. Um, sure. He had a bit of a reputation, didn't he? Eddie? How do, how do I take a man out of prison into one of the uh, conservative suburban churches and say, Hey, this is your brother in Christ. He came out of the prison church. He's uh, accepted Christ as his savior. So. All right. On. Well, we'll continue the conversation with our guest, Eddie McLaughlin. So glad you're listening to the beacon. Come back for our next segment. The Beacon is made possible by Phoenix Christian and listeners like you. Hey, welcome back to The Beacon. My name is Steve Woods. I'm, I'm your host uh, together with Jeff Blake, the birthday boy today from Phoenix Christian Preparatory School. We welcome Eddie McLaughlin to the program. And if you're just tuning in, uh, you know, Eddie is, uh, has got an incredible story, uh, his, his story of growing up as a kid on the East Coast and then coming to the Arizona area at age 12, um, a rebellious life that led to, uh, you know, uh, um, being incarcerated, being on death row, being delivered from that to a a life sentence, not really a life sentence, or 25 years, actually served out 25 years, released in 2003, and um, a walking, uh, breathing example of the redemption of Christ Jesus and passionate about sharing the gospel. And, and Eddie, I, I want to, you know, our program is, uh, is really anchored by ways in which God uses the unexpected to do the unexplainable. And I don't know that there's a better example of that than uh, God himself, you know, leaving his glory in heaven and humbling himself, coming to earth um, and, uh, you know, paying a penalty for all of us that, that we were never going to be able to pay. And I just want to invite you uh, for the remainder of this segment to, to make a, make an appeal to somebody who might be listening today, who maybe falls into that category. They have a religious understanding, but they're lost. They don't have an encounter or relationship with Jesus Christ. Um, 
Let them have it, Eddie. How can their life be different? Wow. You know, it's just amazing uh, uh, to me this morning. It's a privilege to be back on the show today. Happy birthday, Jeff, as well. But it's just great to be here. And, you know, um, a lot of times people confront me and they say, well, you have this great story. You have this great witness for Christ. And, and you know, the Bible is very clear. All of us have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. I remember talking to a, a police captain and had a son that had graduated college and they were telling me about his testimony. And I said, you know, God can use him in areas and situations that I could never be used in. But the bottom line is that all of us, the Bible is very clear, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. There's none righteous, no, not one. And that none of us can keep the law. No matter how hard we try to, to keep the law, the law was given. It's a schoolmaster to kind of lead us to Christ. But none of us can keep the law. None of us can save ourselves uh, by good works. I mean, I had tried everything humanly possible to uh, change me. Uh, court systems, court-ordered programs, self-help programs, education, um, just nothing could, could break through to me and change me. And that's because I was a sinner. The Bible's very clear. All of us have sinned. And someday each and every one of us are going to have to stand before God and give an account for our lives. And um, many people that are relying on their good deeds or might hear the words from Jesus, hey, um, depart from me, you workers of inequity. I never knew you. So it's about a personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Each of us that are separated from God because of our sins. His arm is not shortened that it can't help, uh, help us. His ear, you know, isn't deaf to our cry, but our sins have separated us from God. And that's what you're experiencing in your heart if you're lost and you need to know the Lord Jesus Christ. And God, the Father, he loves us. And he's not willing that any man should perish, but that all should come to the knowledge of the truth that in love, even before we loved him, God loved us and sent his son into the world to die on the cross, to pay the penalty for our sins, the, the just penalty for our sins, to suffer the penalty for our sins, and that he was buried, and on the third day he rose again, and that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ shall be saved, and that's the plan of salvation. And um, I would just encourage you, if you haven't trusted Christ, that you, it's as simple as calling upon the name of the Lord, acknowledging your sins, and being saved. It's interesting. You know, I think, um, Eddie, thank you for that clear presentation of the gospel. Uh, it's, a, it's a message that's current at all times. Amen. And, uh, you know, I think, uh, and I'll, I'll speak for myself, and maybe there are others listening that would relate in, in my own self-sufficiency, my own pride, um, because I have too high an opinion of myself, I too would think, well, I can, I can just try a little harder, right? I can just be a little more determined. I can, I can measure up. I can, I can do the things that I'm supposed to do. But the reality of it is we can't. And living the Christian life in our, our own strength apart from Christ, it's just impossible. It's never going to work. And it's going gonna, it's gonna to lead us to that point of desperation. And, and I guess in a way, I pray that people would get there sooner that they, they get to the end of that self-sufficiency and that effort that causes somebody in the, the tomb of a prison that you mentioned to, to weep and say, I just need help, rescue me. And uh, so when we come back for our, our next segment, we're gonna talk with Eddie a little bit more and hear about the ways in which God's using him today. And uh, we hope that you'll come into a personal relationship with Jesus Christ and that today will be the day 
that you come to the end of your own efforts, the end of your own self, and uh, and cry out to God, rescue me, save me. I'm a sinner, and I need you. Um, nothing would would be would make the beacon more worthwhile today than that. So, thanks for listening, and uh, please join us on our fourth and final segment. Phoenix Christian believes strongly in its rich history and bright future. Now equipping students from pre-K through 12th grade. Learn how you can help continue its legacy of Christ-centered education at phoenixchristian.org forward slash support. You're listening to The Beacon, presented by Phoenix Christian. Hey, all right. Well, welcome back to The Beacon. This program's airing on the final Sunday of February in 2021, and we're so grateful that you tuned in. We're thankful to be aired on 960 The Patriot. Grateful to Jeremy in the studio for keeping us on track, our producer. Also thankful for Miriam, who uh, works with our guests and gets things set up, helps us with the program. And certainly I'm honored to have uh, Jeff Blake of Phoenix Christian Preparatory School, uh, not only the sponsor of the program, but a co-host. And then, of course, today, Eddie. Thank you for being on the program. Eddie McLaughlin, we uh, appreciate uh, we appreciate your life. We appreciate your message, and we we're thankful to have you on the program today. Thank you again for being here. It's good to be here this morning. Hey, just great to be here this morning. Just so thankful. Yeah, uh, so we great. We were talking a little bit off air about you know this season of time in in history as it relates to life and certainly to ministry and how you know there's a change. There's a long term change, and I don't know that we can really identify exactly how it's going to settle in. But there's been a disruption, right, in what we thought was normal, uh, new to be normal, and and so. That's true in every category. And, and when, when you mentioned off the air that, you know, prison ministry, prison uh, experience for families who have a loved one that's in prison, uh, they've been shut down for the last year. I can honestly say that, you know, maybe embarrassingly so, like, I never, it never occurred to me the, the fact that somebody's already separated and now they're further separated because they can't even have, you know, guests. Talk to us a little bit about how you've had to adapt uh, with the various ways in which you reach out uh, with the gospel of Jesus Christ? Well, I, I think everybody, even the church has changed as we know it. And I think yeah. all of our churches and all of our ministries at the church are looking for innovative ways uh, to continue to um, spread the gospel and continue to minister uh, to our congregations and things like that. And the same is true uh, for prison ministries. The prisons have been closed since last March, almost a year now. And because of that closure, uh, the men and women in prison have not been able to visit uh, it physically uh, with their families or their loved ones or their children. So the prison system has been closed to that as well and closed to outside ministries going in in person and doing ministries. So I think prison fellowship has been looking for innovative ways to um, impact the prison system and to do ministry through hope events. And Nathan Hale, my uh, from Prison Fellowship has just been a great, great uh, person. He's got great vision for this. And we've been allowed to do some events inside the prison system. One event that we did at Christmas, it was done through Faith Bible Church on a on a soundstage. And Prison Fellowship was able to do an event with an evangelist named Howard Bell, a local evangelist. And they actually beamed the service back into the women's prison mm. Um in Perryville, which was a tremendous event. It was just a great blessing. We had a children's choir there and uh, they're doing a, a future hope event is coming up that they're going to be able to do this Easter 
going into prison. So, um, so it we, sounds like a simulcast. Like a simulcast, yeah. yeah. So that's been a great opportunity. So they're looking for innovative ways to um, enter into the prison system. So that's what they're doing. And about a year ago, I started Eddie McLaughlin Ministries. A friend of mine had reached out to me and encouraged us to start our own ministry. And my ministries, um, I'm evangelist at heart. I love to go into the prisons and evangelize, but we get calls when people hear my stories, people, um, every church we're in, people approach us. And a lot of times people are, are kind of suffering in, in silence. And they said, hey, I've got a son or I've got a daughter that's in jail or in prison. Can you help us? You know, so my ministry is evangelistic at heart, but also aftercare ministry. I have a, I have a heart for aftercare ministry. And I'm looking to build resources. I try to find job resources for ex-offenders. And I'm looking for housing for ex-offenders and just continue to build my ministry. Um, one area of ministry that we do that's very difficult is with convicted sex offenders. And they are like modern day lepers. Right. And uh, we try to find housing for them. We try to find job opportunities for them and, and try to disciple them and minister to them as well. And that's just a very, very difficult area of ministry. And they are like the modern day lepers coming back into our society. And so that's what basically what Eddie McLaughlin Ministries does. And I look for opportunities to promote the gospel, obviously, and to evangelize. So that's Eddie, my Eddie let, let me ask you a question that, you know, is on my heart and maybe it would be on the heart of somebody who's listening. If I if God puts, um, you know, somebody who's served time in prison and, and is out and trying to reintegrate into society, into my path. What are the things that I can do or say that would be the most encouraging uh, to, to this person that I come in contact with? How can I, and maybe what should I avoid? Maybe that's a more important question of, well, you of know, dumb I things think, that I could say or do. I think a lot of our area churches like men's ministry, what, yeah. a, what a great opportunity for men's ministry. Uh, some of these larger churches could maybe purchase a property and launch a home and the men in the church could get involved in transitional ministry. But just as a regular guy in the church, yeah, um, men's ministry, invite somebody out to a prayer breakfast, um, walk alongside them, uh, share the gospel, pray with them. I mean, that's a great encouraging support right there. If Christian businessman in the church may have a job opportunity for a brother or sister in Christ, that's coming out of prison and saying, Hey, I believe Jesus Christ can change your heart and life. Uh, let me give you an opportunity at work. You know, for me coming out after 25 years, not having the technical skills, not having a work history, um, having major felony convictions, the world of work was very difficult for me entering the world of work. Um, okay, so here's just a, a question that my my mind wonders about. In 2003, I mean, you've been in prison for 25 years. Things have changed a little bit. Technology was a little bit different. Than it yeah, was. definitely. What was that like? What is well, that you know, um, How long does it take to ramp up? Are you to, just how long? How long before the wonder of wait, I'm going to hold this thing in my hand and do what with it? Yeah, well, I don't think you I, ever. I don't think you ever uh, get over that. I mean. I walked out of prison. My mother met me at the gate. She handed me a cell phone and a cup of coffee. And I'm like, what in the world is this? And uh, she said, that's a cell phone. You can call anywhere in the country with that phone. I had a team of three Christian businessmen from Scottsdale Bible Church yeah. that walked alongside me and helped me make the transition in my life. And um, one of the first places they took me was identification. You got to get your social security number reactivated. But they walked alongside me and they helped me make that transition and in some ways, you know, 18 years out of prison, I'm still making that transition um, in a lot of respects. But um, can you give an example you can of that? I mean, huh? like, what, 
Can you give an example of that and why, how you feel like you're still kind of catching up to the curve? Well, I think prison does a lot of damage long term, a lot of time in prison and some of the higher security, dangerous prisons. I think there's like a form of uh, PTSD. Okay. <laughs> I think a lot of uh, I'm hypervigilant. I'm always on alert and I don't know where that comes. That probably comes from living in some pretty dangerous places, but I'm um, and trust factors. I mean, we need to learn to trust others, you sure. know, and, and, and so there's different areas. Some, some men have problems sleeping, you know, and they, they, I, there's some of the symptoms, it's almost similar to PTSD. I, I work with a lot of men coming out of prison and I talk to them and some of them have done like over 10 years in prison, um, being, um, uh, integrating into church, you know, uh, fellowship in church, church in prison is completely different than church out here. Um, it's incredible what God's doing inside our nation's prisons to see the spirit of God moving in, the prison and then the prison churches. Can you imagine, you know, living with your congregation 24 hours a day, seven days a week? <laughs> <laughs> you but know, it almost sounds like it's a little closer to the early church, you know? Yeah, it's exciting to see what, but it's exciting to see uh, what God's doing in prison in the, inside the prison churches. And you come out here, church is a little bit different, you know, but um, yeah, but yeah. Amazing. And we just appreciate the insight that you've given us that we, we wouldn't know the encouragement you know, that, uh, you know, I, I love that you referenced that conversation that Christ had with the disciples. Saying, well, when, when, when did we see you? When did we, when did we, you know, help you? And, uh, and that, you know, that's one of the examples that's given is when I was in prison. Amen. Amen. Yeah, so, well, again, we appreciate you. We're so thankful that you were able to make time and join us today. Uh, again, Eddie McLaughlin, Eddie McLaughlin Ministries, uh, certainly, uh, a great resource for all of us who can do a better job at, uh, you know, this part of the body of Christ and being, being uh, the hands and feet of Jesus to those in our community. Uh, we just want to thank you again for being on the program. And Jeff, I want to give you an opportunity to, to uh, express your gratitude to Eddie as well and give us an update, if you would, please, from Phoenix Christian on things that are going on there. That'd be my honor. Eddie, we're blessed by your story and your testimony. And as an educator, uh, one of the most powerful words that we love to celebrate, especially in Christian education, is that of redemption. And um, this morning, uh, as reflecting on the light that was on Moses's face as he walked with the Lord, uh, Eddie, I want you to know in your voice for the listeners this morning, we can hear God's light. You've been with the Father. You've seen the Father. You've walked with the Father. And that light emanates from your voice this morning. And we want to celebrate that. And proclaim that there is a living God who rescues the human soul in whatever state and whatever wherever we find ourselves. So thank you for that. Well, thank you, Jeff. And what a great opportunity for me. And I'm just so thankful for that. I look forward to maybe possibly speaking to the students in the future. But just a great opportunity to be on the radio. Um, get in touch with me, em2ministries at gmail. Uh, dot com and that's my email address and love any kind of opportunities to share the gospel but i just love being here on the show today praying for the students and that's my heart is to just pray for the young students you know that that need to know the lord jesus christ and possibly uh, prevent them from taking the journey that i've taken uh, just a great opportunity to be here so thankful for it thank you and thank you for the candor the transparency and the boldness by which you proclaim god's truth and your story. And no one can deny your story. And uh, we're here to celebrate it. And, you know, Steve, it really captures um, so much of what we believe in and why we invest so heavily in, in Christian education. And that's the story that there is a creator. He loves us uh, unconditionally. 
and wants to see the very best from us. You know, as, as Eddie's been sharing all morning, I keep reflecting on one of the taglines and, and mission statements that we've carried over the years here is that we want to prepare each student for the abundant life through a daily encounter with God's truth. And this morning, as we've listened to Eddie and his story and reflected on our Redeemer, um, we've had an encounter with the truth of God that he loves us and he desires to redeem us. You know, as a Christian school, um, infant all the way through 12th grade, we believe in the power of every day to provide an encounter through every dimension of curriculum and athletics to bring to bring students into an experience with God's truth. You know, just this week we celebrated um, this this morning on the drive-in was praising God and thanking Him. We're seeing growing numbers in something like our our middle school golf program, and in one of the things that we've learned through COVID, and as Eddie reflected on the shutdown in the prison system, the sacred opportunity for um, the personal physical encounter that we can have as human beings and not to ever take that for granted again as we move and transition from this season of COVID the extraordinary power of meeting students in a safe environment face-to-face and engaging with them and so Phoenix Christian's been committed to that all the way from August 20th we found creative ways uh, health checks every morning COVID safe distancing cleaning Um, but providing a sacred and and special opportunity for us to encounter infant all the way through 12th grade students. Steve, one of the things I want to celebrate this morning is we're preparing to enter into a season in Christian education that uh, with the school tuition organizations. And those are opportunities for families that would think that private school would never be within reach, that there are organizations out there to provide financial ability for a family, every family, uh, opportunity to receive um, opportunity to be in a, in a school like Phoenix Christian. And so those deadlines start to wrap up in about in mid-May. If you are interested in enrolling your, your, your child in a, in a world-changing environment, in a, in a soul-changing environment, like a Christian school, like Phoenix Christian Preparatory School, I would really strongly encourage you to reach out. You can visit phoenixchristian.org. I personally would love to give you a tour. We have an incredible admissions uh, department that would love to share and just introduce you to our teachers, coaches, the folks from the fabric of, of Eddie that are here to change the world and inspire kids every day. Please visit phoenixchristian.org to learn more about Phoenix Christian Preparatory School. And Jeff, how hard is it to get a tour of Phoenix Christian? You know, Steve, I really appreciate that. It's a phone call, it's an email, and we'll make it happen the day of. <laughs> we are so blessed to share that. Well, on behalf of the Beacon, on behalf of Phoenix Christian Preparatory School, on behalf of Eddie McLaughlin, 960 The Patriot, thanks for tuning into The Beacon. We'll catch you on a future episode. We'll celebrate ways in which God uses the unexpected to do the unexplainable. Have a great day. Amen.